Hello, all mamas. Join us today with Erin Bott, a former social worker turned coach and intentional mom. Erin dives deep into her journey, a challenging mix of ADHD, postpartum depression, and motherhood. From hot mess mom to a source of inspiration, Erin shares her transformation, emphasizing the role of honesty, mental health, and personalized success. Get ready for a ride that's close to life and closer to the heart. Welcome to the Mama Genius Hub podcast, your hub for all things motherhood and self-discovery. I'm your host, Michelle DeKaiser, here to empower and connect you. Genius isn't a word around here, it's our guiding light. Guiding kids' genius, empowering mama's purpose, navigating motherhood, igniting connections, including the transformational powers of women's circles, unleashing self-care, and success stories of mothers just like you. Join us on our journey to live in your genius zone. Subscribe and let's do motherhood together. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Mama Genius Hub podcast. We're back with Erin Vaught. And today we're going to be talking about what is a hot mess mom and what do we do about it? So just a little bit about Erin. She's a former social worker turned business owner. Of course, I forget to move this down below. We're going to start that out. Okay. the joys of life, right? All right. I'm sorry. A former social worker turned business owner, coach, and intentional mom, triple certified in health, life, and transformational coaching. Erin overcame the mental health challenges and now shows up as a vital and joyful to her family and clients. Her journey includes building a 5.30 a.m. gym habit, listen to Lee, after 20 years of swearing it was impossible. I, I hear you on that one about just I've now become an early bird, which I thought was impossible. I don't quite do the gym, but I see the, the potential. So tell us a little bit, Erin, about your why um, to what brought you to doing this. Well, thank you so much, Michelle. It's such a pleasure to be here. Um, I have had a pretty meandered way of getting here in, into becoming a coach and a business owner. Um, I have been a mom now for almost 12 years. My daughter will be 12 with Boxing Day. And uh, I worked in the nonprofit sector a really long time. I was in the world of administration and social work, and I just love helping people and never really envisioned that I would end up going out on my own. It had always been a dream, but almost a pipe dream. And I had pretty low confidence around that kind of thing. Um, And just thinking, you know, I, I probably just have to work for someone else, but I also had this really burning dream and being able to be there for my kids no matter what. And I envisioned somehow when I first became a mom, I was like, there's something like wellness coaching out there. And I'd gotten my social work degree and I was at home making applesauce from scratch. And I'm thinking, I was doing all these like presentations and papers and group projects and all this stuff with adults. And now I'm with this little being, but she became my everything. And um, who knew that I was going to encounter a lot of mental health struggles along the way. So God had a different plan for me. It was basically like, I'm going to take about eight to 10 years to figure this out and, and, and get your feet wet with motherhood and, and all the things. And then uh, I got into coaching just before, well, just, sorry, just right in the time of COVID in 2020. Um, I'd left my job on a stress leave December, 2019. And grateful that I did that. That was something I'd never done. And uh, personal development was always of huge interest for me for like 20 years at that point. 
And I just knew there was something more. I was made for more. And I'd reached out to a friend of mine. Her name's Katie. She's a life coach in Northern BC. And our paths had crossed maybe 10 years before that. But I'd followed her on Facebook. And I'm like, I know there's something to this. And online was just kind of getting going at that point, like really strong. And um, I'm a pretty resourceful person and a risk taker. And so I thought I could jump in and do this. And just I had no idea how amazing it would be to have this ability to go after my passion, Michelle, and, and actually really be, become more of an intentional mom. Cause when I say hot mess mom, that's, that's basically what my program is around is I, I was, I was an absolute hot mess mom. And, um, I can share with you a little bit about why I don't love that label. Uh, but I'm using it for marketing sake because I think other women do relate to it, but I actually call it the hot mess mom makeover because I truly believe that we don't have to sit in it and we can make over with like the tiniest little shifts over time and, and come through successful and confident and self-assured so we can be who we need to be for our kids. Now I want to piggyback off something you said, because I think you wasn't necessarily expecting to go this route, but when you said it, I was like, we ha we have to go this route. But you were talking about that inner voice that that there's something more. Mm -hmm. And I want to see if you can pinpoint or like explain that a little bit more. Cause I think there's a lot of women out there who might not realizing that that is calling them for more. And what, what was that like for you? It was this desire to do things really different. Like, you know, I've always told people, <laughs> I've never once watched an episode of the Kardashians. I call life the Kardashian factor. And I was like, everyone else is watching The Bachelor and The Bachelorette and The Walking Dead and all this stuff. And I'm like, I'm watching Tony Robbins on YouTube on repeat. I'm listening to Brene Brown's Audible books while I'm cleaning my bathroom. I'm uh, taking walks, listening to podcasts of health coaches and... I'm thinking up smoothie recipes at, you know, midnight. Like my life was very different. I, I don't fall into the norm. And when I noticed that, I was like, this is what entrepreneurs do. They, they aren't the ones that are maybe just like settling in. And I've always been the black sheep. I felt that. I actually call myself the purple sheep. So I don't think black's that fun um, in terms that. of color. And I was like, I just, I just thought things could feel differently. I've always liked public speaking. And also I'm, I, I'm a natural coach. I've always been that person that would listen and have that ear underneath the listening. And so I got trained around it, how to really pull that out of people. And with a social work background, I don't have all the bureaucracy now <laughs> covering me that I have all these limits. I actually have full capacity to go in deep with my clients, which I do, and and support them at a really, um, a really impactful level. And so when I say make for more, it wasn't just, you know, hitting a time clock, punching in for a paycheck every two weeks. It was like, what's, what's risky? What's different? What's going to give me flexibility to be what my husband and I want my career to be for our family? And also, how can I make an impact that is an exponential growth? Um, I love the idea of the ripple. I remember thinking about 
I don't know where I heard it, probably Brene Brown, but the, the idea of ripples in water and how you throw a pebble in there and it just creates these ripples. And that is what happens every time I meet, you know, beautiful people like you through family circle, right? It's a, it's a connection, it's a ripple. And all of that just manifests together and creates something really beautiful. I keep, every time you talk about, I take this one little tidbit out of what you're saying. And I want to elaborate on that because you, you brought up what was, what career would be right for the way you phrase it. And I can't even get the exact wording, but was how you said about you and your husband. And I know a lot of, um, in this realm, especially entrepreneur, people struggle with that communication. I, I know I'm, I'm guilty of that as well in terms of how to rectify that between your desires and your spouse's desire and how that all works for your family. So I wonder if you can give, shed some light onto those because I know as you were talking about wanting more, that there's more people, obviously, if they're listening to this, that they might have that desire too. But then the fear of like, what is the spouse going to say? What are the people yeah. around me going to say? Starts to creep in and kind of like suppresses that back down. Absolutely. Um, for me, what we, we had a really interesting way of getting here. So my Coles Notes version is this. We lived in three different provinces in Canada in five years. And when my youngest was um, five months old, we moved from one province, northern British Columbia to southern Alberta back home. And my husband was actually doing a designation for school so that he was working full time. Plus we had a baby. Plus he had to do this demonstration project. And it was almost a master's thesis for becoming a property assessor. And so the, the sacrifice that we made early on in our marriage and early on in, in parenthood was for Ryan. And, and it was massive. Like he lived away from me for nine months and came home on the weekends and I gave him a honey-do list. <laughs> and I was like, here's baby. And I'm exhausted and all the things. And it was just chaotic. We eventually, we made it work, but wrapping that whole bunch of mental health struggles and like, lost desires and expectations I'd had on myself. And I think if other women are hearing this and, and you, you know that there's something like yearning, is it worth having a conversation with your husband, with your partner? Absolutely it is. Um, the amount of time you're going to spend in your career working for another person or working for an income, whether that be a side hustle, a business, a job, it is the biggest part of your life next to parenting and it has to infuse joy into your life. Um, there is just so much to this that if you are wanting something more, find that out what that is, look at the details and, and basically enroll your partner in the vision of what you see this being for yourself, but also for your family. You have to enroll them in the vision of that and that can often be hard because it feels like we're at we're having to ask which i did of course but those conversations are life-changing and i can pinpoint exactly what that was like i chose to talk to ryan about going back to school in april of 2020 with an american dollar in canada and everything crashing around us including the world and he was like what now you, you want to do what <laughs> like oh, yes. <laughs> And I had my ducks in a row due diligence had been researching this stuff for a while. And um, we decided to go for it. 
And so I think if anyone can do this during a pandemic, homeschooling kids, getting certifications and learning the ropes as you go, if I can do this, anybody can do it. It sounds like we had like a similar experience with that, except I didn't do the due diligence that you probably did. So I came and said, here, I want to do this, but I have no plan. And that's okay too, right? But, I mean, but it's, still, it's still like work itself out. You know, it's, it's coming to fruition. It's, it's working itself out. So it's like, but if I had like to suppress that one more time, you know what I'm saying is that if we don't follow that. And so that's actually the whole premise of this podcast anyhow is bringing that genius out of mom so that we're listening and hearing what other moms have already done. Because when you see the possibilities, all of a sudden it is your possibility as well. And that's like the whole purpose of this genius of the Mama Genius Hub podcast is finding that genius inside yourself and then being that role model to inspire our kids to find theirs. And again, like you said, it's all about finding that joy and that happiness because when you are doing that, then you can inspire. Mm-hmm. And I love that so much that you brought that up. And I had another question, but I went on my tangent that I forgot it. <laughs> but let's let's just circle back to this idea of like because you've mentioned you've alluded to some of the the mental health and things that you wanted that you went through and i know that i'm sure a lot of women out here are, are hiding with that in them as well and yeah. so i'd love for you to speak out on that because i think the more we unshed and have these conversations again it's seeing realizing what others have done have gone through and yet kept moving forward because that's what this is about it's not a, it's just about deciding something and moving forward, however it it happens. And so I'd love to hear a little bit more about your story on that. Sure. So um, many years of my life, I'm 42 now, uh, until I was 36, I didn't recognize um, or was officially diagnosed that I had ADHD. That was one. It was a big one because my time management was way off. My priorities. I had a lot of shame. I was nodding a lot, pretending I understood what people were saying and doing and asking of me all through school, growing up with it, especially as a girl. Um, ADHD does not present very different nearly the same in young girls as it does with boys. And of course, growing up 80s, 90s, it's not recognized, right? So going through my 20s was a dumpster fire. I'll just say it. It was a lot of life lessons, very challenging. What would we call them? My coach called them uh, challenge moments. Um, it, character enhancers. <laughs> um, and depression was not far from that. It was uh, postpartum depression twice. Um, I had had depressive episodes before that. And uh I, anxiety is a big part of mine and Ryan's life. My husband has lived with anxiety as long as I've known him, even as young as a teenager. And we've dealt with the medications. We've dealt with the side effects of that. We've dealt with trouble trying to get pregnant because of that. We've dealt with um, breakdowns, breakthroughs. I'm pretty much an open book around mental health and I'm very passionate about it for the sense of children. Being able to see you in your mess. I'm very passionate about your kids, not you not hiding the fact that you're going through a hard time because it makes you stronger as a family unit. It makes you more cohesive and connected, and it gives your kids a chance to see what reality is. When we raise them in a bubble that is not going to support them, we think we're protecting them. We're actually making it worse because the kids inevitably have this sense that something's wrong with mom or dad. They want to be there for you. They don't know how. And half the time it's this, I just want to come and hug you, mom. 
I, you know, make a bracelet for you, make a card for you, you know, and here, mommy, I made you a smoothie that their give is so important. And their connection to that moment, we know it's not going to last forever. And there's a time and a place where you reach out and you get professional support and help. Absolutely. If they're the day-to-day moments where you're having, you know, panic attacks, which I've gone through as well. And I speak very openly about, I don't have them right currently, but last December, I probably had four in the span of two weeks and, um, I didn't hide it anymore because shame is one of the biggest components of that, right? What's going to, what's, what, what's going to make it more prominent is shame and guilt around that. So mental health is, um, I don't love World Mental Health Day. I don't love all of these like awareness campaigns, to be honest with you, because I think it needs to be talked about every single day, not just specific Bell Let's Talk days. Um, And you deserve support, mom. If you're listening to this, dad, you deserve support. If you know someone that's struggling, reach out, give them that support, show them what's possible. In Alberta, we have something called the distress line. There's distress lines all over North America, I'm sure the world, it's not hard to Google things. It's not hard to find answers, but please don't compare yourself through social media. Go to the right source. And if you just need a neutral venting space for your mental health, call one of those lines and they will listen to you. I actually used to volunteer on those lines as well um, as a social worker. And I can tell you half the time people just want an ear to listen. I love that so much because it, it, sometimes we just don't have it. And I love the idea of, of you utilizing not masking how we feel in front of our kids. So I have to admit, even on Saturday, I don't know, I woke up just so tired. We had my daughter swim meet. And then eventually I had to take the little one home. And I just like driving was just like, like my brain would not function. Mm. And like, I was just like, tears were just coming down my face, just trying to get home because I was just so tired. It was, even, it was only like a 10 minute drive. So then I made her mad like just be quiet and like yell top of my lungs and then she she taught down and as soon as we just got home I just went and laid down well I had to go pick up my son um a couple hours later yeah and I missed the turn and end up having to drive downtown Milwaukee instead of taking the shortcut adding an extra half an hour to my route oh. and then I said two lanes to get over for the 794 of course it was only it was and I was one over but it was supposed to be no they said it was I thought it was only one and it was supposed to, and I was like one over but no, it's two lanes on. I couldn't get over before. Now I'm downtown Milwaukee, like trying to like get back to go the other direction. And I and just like, freaking out. And you're and like, I literally oh. just screamed at the top of my lungs. I think my son just started like almost like he didn't want to, but he like, he feels just a laughter coming up because he was just, and then we talked about it. Hey there, busy mamas. I know exactly how you feel. Overwhelmed, frustrated, and barely find time for yourself. Guess what? I've been there and I found a way out. I've got something just for you, and it's called Busy Mama's 10 Ways to Reclaim Your Morning in One Minute. You see, during the chaotic times of getting my kids ready for school and wanting to pull my hair out, I realized I need to start taking care of myself too. It wasn't easy, but it was necessary. So here's your free gift for your first step to taking back your mornings and enjoying them again. And there's a bonus too to help you organize your mornings with your kids. So claim it at connectingmamas.com slash it's time to stop doing motherhood alone and start supporting each other. Like I was like, thank you for just letting me get that out. And then we almost kind of laughed about it afterwards. And I'm like, I hope I didn't scare you. But like, I I just, I I didn't know what else to do to release that so we can make it home safely. And so I think letting them know and just having that conversation though afterwards. So like once after 
I took my nap. I actually did go talk to my daughter as well and said, I'm, I'm sorry for, for upsetting you and stuff, but I was just so exhausted. I just needed to like lay down. And so now I can have this conversation with you and give you some hugs and apologize for it. Cause, and so I think that's what it comes down to is no matter what we're doing or how much we think we're like, there's no perfect to this. And we're so human that when I look at all this personal development and everything, what I'm looking for is more calm in my mind. Yes. And the way I saw it was, was want to hear your take on this, but um, was like a couple years ago, like I could just hear the voices and the drama in my head, judgment left and right. But going through and doing, as you were talking about, like with the walks and the podcasts and listening to this and, and trying to retrain our brain, because we are geared towards survival and, and that voice telling us to do these things so we protect ourselves. But as we work towards that positivity and that stuff, I, I no longer feel that constant drama instead, like you said, like I had to release the whatever came up, but yeah. then it didn't last. Like, cause for me, that could have lasted two days in the past, <laughs> like that situation where it was like, okay, it's released. We talked it out and now we're moving on. And so I don't yeah. know if you've had similar experiences like that as well. Oh, absolutely. And there's nobody that is listening to this that has not had those moments where like I, this is what I used to do is we have an attached garage. And I remember <laughs> just grabbing the door, running into the garage and just screaming when I was like, really like things are really hard. Um, or I used to grab a pillow and just scream into my pillow. I used to punch pillows. Um, we had a punching bag that was helpful during COVID for sure. Your kids though, um, it's okay for them to see and hear that you're upset, obviously not at them. We do that though. Let's be honest. We snap at our kids. That is reality. But the biggest thing that you said, and I want to emphasize this is that talk afterward, right? I can't tell you how many times we lay down and bedtime and, and I'll just own it and just flat out say, you know, today, how snarky. And that wasn't fair to you. Or you were snarky to your sister. She did something, blah, blah, blah. And we just talk about it. And we just take the judgment off of it. If you just use these words, just get curious. Or yeah. three of my favorite words are, isn't that interesting? So when you're noticing in your head, you're like, you can almost, you know, when you're, you can kind of tell that you're at that point where you're almost watching yourself and you're like, Oh, this is a train wreck. She can't stop. <laughs> nope. Never been there. Nope. 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 <laughs> it's like the Truman show or something like everyone's watching you. I've had those moments and I often find that shame loves to crawl in there and it's like, Ooh, just so terrible as a mom. Right. And it used to eat me alive. And I'm saying this really casually, but I want you to know how much work I've done around this and, and overcoming that shame and those triggers. Um, but if that is where you're at, I want you to recognize these three words. Isn't that interesting? If you can say that to yourself in the moment, it catches you and then you go, oh, that's a pattern. And I think that I, we use the word trigger, but I, I love I, I love looking at them in terms of asking yourself, why am I being triggered right now? Why? And usually it's something that's that's reacting. And I think by identifying and working in all the work that we've both done is now the the chaos in the head 
like that's exasperated like that's gone almost in terms of like yes they're still gonna like we're never not gonna have these emotional moments or feelings passing through us or stuff the question though is how long are they lasting how long is that voice in your head still beating yourself up for whatever you did yesterday or you said that at a meeting or you said that to your kids and instead of like beating yourself up for it it's like we as we're saying is going and having that conversation with them when you're ready after you've had the break, after you've realized the feelings have passed, but it comes down to also just taking that accountability. And I think modeling that for our kids, because we're human, we're going to get tired. We're going to not eat enough. We're going to have moments where it's just like, yeah, should have said that. I know that, but what do I do now? And again, that's when we take that accountability and then we model that for them. Cause now I see my kids doing the same thing. Yeah, mom, I really shouldn't have said that to you. I wasn't, that wasn't the nicest. And, and that's what I feel like we're working towards. And that's why I want to have these conversations is how do we do that? And the how is by finding and list, as you said, listen to that curiosity and starting to identify it. And then following your curiosity to say, now what? Because as soon as you identify it and you say the now what? And the I love the saying, as soon as you, the teacher will come. And so like, for instance, those of you who might have identified something, listen to this podcast, this podcast might be the teacher for you at this particular moment for you, if it comes in your path at the right time or however it is. But so the first step is not to focus on the how or how you can change It's just the identification and then leading with that curiosity as we go out into it. And I think, yeah, absolutely. And I loved how you mentioned the time frame. So one of the things as a transformation coach that I really like to just kind of make wrap this in a bow for somebody is is talking about, you know, you you're on this side of the bridge and you're wanting to walk over here and it is a really long distance to get to that other side of the bridge. And so having someone alongside just to even get you on the bridge, maybe even just holding the guardrail at that point, maybe taking like two steps, but recognizing that something's going to scare you in the moment and you're going to take two steps back. And even though you've only taken three steps forward. And so when you're looking at that, you're seeing, okay, I'm in breakdown in these back two steps, but how long do I want to stay in breakdown? So what we do is we use a variety of techniques and really getting deep into like subconscious type thoughts and feelings, understanding how your thoughts really map out the behaviors and habits that you have and understanding how your thoughts can be changed within just an instant. So if you can take your time frame and you can condense that breakdown time frame and you go from breakdown into breakthrough, I'm telling you, I have my friend Katie, I mentioned on the phone here, or sorry, on the call here, she and I are constantly messaging like, colossal breakdown. We're like, well, how long were you in it? Oh my gosh, that would normally take me two weeks to get over that moment. And now it's two hours, Michelle. Sometimes it's two minutes right? Yes. Like what used to be two weeks or two months for me uh, that was colossal is now perspective shifting and just noticing like, <laughs> and then on the other side of any breakdown, my friends is always a breakthrough. Always, always, always a breakthrough. I love that so much. And I just really so glad that we like emphasize on this show today, because I want people to know, want these mom, want you out there in the audience to know 
what are we even looking for when we think about this? Because we keep saying, oh, give yourself grace in this, but what does that actually look like? And I feel like you really broke that down here in terms of that we're really looking for our calmness and, and how long it takes us to recover from things because you're going to throw a tantrum. Your kids are still going to throw tantrums. Like that is reality. But how long does it last? That's what we're starting to identify as we make these perspective switches. And before we run out of time, because we're getting pretty close, I want to run through our five questions we're going to ask Erin before she gets to leave. Sure. So number one, share a book or favorite resource that has had a significant impact on your journey as a mama. Okay. Super quick, because I could talk forever. Brene oh. Brown, Derek Greatly. Um, there is a chapter in here about parenting is called, it's about the wholehearted parent. And let me just read this to you. Um, who we are and how we engage with the world are much stronger predictors of how our children will do than what we know about parenting. Are you the adult that you want your child to grow up to be? It's so true because they do not care what we say. They are watching what we do. Yeah. It's the, and the story. And I love Brene Brown, who, as she holds, like, picture your hands together, and you have this little flame inside your hands, mm -hmm. and that's what you're protecting. And so you get to choose who surrounds that flame and who you're going to put your boundaries up to get. But she has so much goodness. Love, Darren, greatly. Number yeah. two for you. What is a special family tradition that brings joy or a ritual that brings joy and encourages connection in your house? I love this question. So it's funny. Uh, we are a sporty family and my kids discovered Dude Perfect years ago, Dude Perfect videos. And they're all about like the trick shots and like they just do these goofy things. And every week they come out with a video and so the girls are always, it's on YouTube and the girls are always like, yes, we got to watch it. And so we'll sit down as a family and watch them or rewatch them. They just are straight up joy. They make the girls think differently. Um, they're risk takers, go-getters. They're little cheerleaders, very brave athletes. And my husband and I love to work, work out too and try new things. And so it's always just like the dude perfect thing is, is just a thing in our house. And the other is smoothies and waffles. We are all about the smoothies. Our girls will come home from a like crazy long practice and I'll have like this awesome meal made. And they're like, oh, I just want a smoothie. <laughs> I recognize them. Like where all we do is eat smoothies. <laughs> I think I'm the only one that does smoothies all the time. My son has done it. Like they, they make their own breakfast chart. And so he does smoothies um, yeah. at least a week too, copying. And my husband actually watched me make one this morning. I kind of just like poured some chia seeds and stuff. He's like, oh, you got a real recipe there. Go, don't you? I'm like, yep. Just kind of make it up as I go. Make it up as you go. Love it. So number three. Now this is where we're opening up the conversation because I've noticed, and I even, like you said, with your marketing, calling the hot mess mama, I say the busy mama. However, we're both in the idea of that's how we've identified ourselves, but how do we change that? So a lot of times when we ask the question, how are you doing? we will answer, I'm busy, blah, blah, blah. So I want your take on how to change that conversation. I love this question because I'm not a small talk person and I don't love the question, how are you? I think there's so many different lame ways that people will say that and they and, and there's so many beautiful ways that you can ask questions. And so 
it's not even so much the answer, Michelle, as what's the question. So even if you're talking with your friend, like, what's got you excited right now? Mm. What has you pumped up for Christmas? What, what are some of the, what's like one of the top things that you're doing for Christmas this year? Or, um, cause when you say, how are you? It's basically when you see someone in line at the grocery store, I'm like, Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? Okay. See you later. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> what did that do? <laughs> right. And so you know, my kids, I don't love when they say the word good. When I'm like, how was school today? I don't use that anymore. I'm always like, so who'd you help today? Or who helped you? Or what what pumped you up about math class today? Because I know there's certain things that she doesn't love about it. It's trying to just frame it. It's just the framing of any sentence that you ask. And so how are you? You, you You're never going to get the right response, first of all, because no one's going to be like, I'm exhausted. I haven't slept in days. I wish that this menopause was going away, but it's not. It's just starting and my kids are driving me crazy. No one's going to say that. They're going to be like, I'm good. Yeah, we're busy. I love that so much. But the voice in your head, like, this is what I really want to say, but I'm good. How are you? Jenna Kutcher has a book out called How Are You Really? I think that's what it's called. And so I haven't read it yet, but I keep hearing about like, yeah. What if you were to say how you really were, right? But why can't we just talk about things and frame it in a way that's like getting our personality going? Well, even as you were asking those questions, like my heart's like, oh, I wouldn't mind answering that. You're like, <laughs> how are you? It's like, oh, do I have to answer that again? <laughs> At least in the number I don't know. That's just me. But <laughs> we got number four for you since I know we're running out of time. Describe genius, what genius means to you, and how do you feel when you're living in your genius zone? Okay, so genius to me means expressing joy authentically. Um, for my girls, they are creative. They are cheer athletes. We were just at a competition out of town. And seeing them in their genius is that focus, is that camaraderie, that timing, the teamwork. And then just the laughter on the way home and having fart jokes right? Like that is the genius that I see in kids and, and we're seeing them like they're struggling with something with math. And then all of a sudden they're doodling on the side and they like knock out this beautiful picture. For me, that's genius. It's, it's like taking a look at what they really excel in and are passionate about in that moment and, and like living in that and expressing themselves in it. Um, for me as a mom, you know, I, I'm not a genius baker. I, I attempt to, I try, um, but I sure do love doing podcasts and playing on Canva and having deep conversations with girlfriends, you know, um, and being an usher at my church on Sundays. I, I feel like those are my authentic spaces where I can be myself and, and just light up other people's worlds if I can. And um, sometimes it's leaving a really nice voice message for somebody who's going through a hard time you know what your genius is. So I would just say, go for it. Don't hold yourself back. The only one holding yourself back is you. I love that. And last question for you is you kind of touched on a little bit already, but how do you encourage your children to, or child to explore new skills or passions and live in their genius? Relatability. Um, I think if you can relate it to something they're already really passionate or good at, and then kind of just show them that that challenge is just a portion of it. It's not the entire thing is different and new. Um, 
they generally know what they need to do or how how to show up for something because kids are generally more authentic and 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 so they'll just know okay well this is a very different way of looking at it and it may be a different subject it may be a different skill or anything but if you can relate it to something they're already really good at or passionate about it increases their confidence level around it as a foundation and i think after that they can just throw their sparkle in um one thing my girls my daughter is eight my youngest, and she's obsessed with cleaning and tidying right now. And so it, I'm not disputing that at all. <laughs> I'm oh, loving it. My house. <laughs> but there's certain times it's kind of a little obsessive, right? Like I'm in the bed and she's making it, right? So like, let's just calm it down a little bit and like just kind of just, shh, we're going to go to the kitchen now with that and clean that part up because that will be really fun, right? And so just tiny little tweaks I made a mention earlier is like when I was promoting this I was like you know small hinges swing big doors so the tiniest little shift that you can make for your kids and helping them see that they are going to swing those big doors and notice that and have those successes themselves love that so much and so we're running completely out of time so I just want everyone to give everyone one last tip and tell them how they can get a hold of you as well Thank you so much. Well, um, you can reach me. My website is erinvote.com, E-R-I-N-V-O-G-T. And um, I'm on Instagram at Erin Coaches, or I have a Facebook group called Creating Freedom for Moms. And uh, I like to talk about the hot mess mom as just a way to say, listen, you don't have to necessarily label yourself as that if you're in it it's okay but let's just say you're facing hot messes and we're all about the makeover part of it so if you want to you know increase and go from like exhausted to energized i'm your girl i'm happy to chat with you anytime and i just really thank you for this time michelle well, thank you so much aaron for coming on and i hope that we provide everyone in the audience some value today and just, it really is about just shifting that perspective. And I loved how you said swinging the doors wide open. And I hope that that helped describe what does it look like when the doors swing wide open? And what are you actually looking for inside as you're feeling these shifts? And what should you start to notice is you're starting to notice the voices calming down. You're starting to notice you're able to respond more than react to your kids. Or that you realize you did something and you, do, you take the accountability for it. Those are the shifts and the things we're looking for is that identification. So I want to leave you on that note and we'll see you all next time. Bye everyone. Thanks, Michelle. Before we wrap up, here are some key takeaways to remember. Number one, encourage your kids to explore interests and abilities. This helps them discover their passions and grow in confidence. Number two, be mindful of your mental health. Share your feelings openly with your kids and show them that it's okay to struggle and seek help. Number three, Use curiosity to your advantage when addressing challenges with your kids. Ask questions that spark their interest and show them how to approach problems creatively. Number four, embrace the chaos. Understand that your kids are going to have tantrums and bad days. The key is how quickly you can recover and redirect the energy into something positive. Number five, show your kids how to take accountability. Model for them what it means to acknowledge when you've done something wrong, apologize, and make it right. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mama Genius Hub podcast, where we aim to inspire, connect, and empower extraordinary mamas like you. Your support can make a difference. 
please subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform to help us reach more mamas on their genius journey. Until next time, stay connected and keep shining your unique light in our community. Let's do motherhood together.